from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. On this episode of Newt's World, critical race theory continues to permeate our classrooms and infect our children's minds with outrageous ideas about America's history. But a growing number of Americans are standing up to fight back against its false tonnets and demand its removal from K-12 education. At the forefront of this patriotic effort is 1776 Action, an advocacy group committed to the vital work of restoring honest and unifying education in public schools throughout the nation. The group's candidate pledge has garnered national attention in recent weeks for its emphasis on America's values and its vow to eradicate divisive race and gender-based ideologies, such as CRT, from America's schools. I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Adam Waldeck, president of 1776 Action. Adam, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Nude. I appreciate it. I do want to share with all of our listeners that I have a special affection for Adam. He was our National Coalition's Director in my 2012 campaign, and he was the South Carolina State Director when I won my biggest primary victory that year. Adam is the president of 1776 Action, and that group defines itself as launched to, quote, combat anti-American indoctrination in K-12 schools. I just wanted everyone to know that I am 
interviewing somebody who I regard as a close personal friend I'm very proud of and who I think is doing historic work in helping knit together citizens across the country who are really, really concerned about the kind of anti-American indoctrination that's happening in our schools. So I'm very curious, Adam, you've done many things since our campaign back in 2012. Why did you decide to start 1776 Action, and what is the primary focus? I very much appreciate you having me on. I would say really the same reason with why I love working with you for so long is I care deeply about the country, and I believe very strongly in the principles that we were founded upon. And there's been this very aggressive movement to not just have arguments over you know what are the best tax rates, for example, but whether or not fundamentally we're a good nation and whether we believe in our founding principles. And so it's not like that whole thing is necessarily new, but it's really kind of been put on steroids in the last number of years, particularly when it comes to K through 12 education. A lot of people have kind of have known that there's a lot of nutty stuff going on in college and universities, but K through 12 is kind of a whole different animal. And I think COVID really changed a lot of things, particularly, I mean, the amount of parents that we've talked to that you know, they kind of sent their kids off to school. They, you know, kind of trusted that they were being taught normal things like math and science. And then all of a sudden they hear what they're being taught in the house and they're just horrified. And so I was very happy when President Trump announced his 1776 commission. I thought it was exactly the right move and the right direction. And just seeing how that was attacked immediately as being some sort of a racist thing, which, you know, anything you don't like is now racist. And then when President Biden came in, a president is very strategic, I would think, about what they do on their first day. It's a signal that they're trying to send. And by dismantling that commission on day one, I just thought that that was like a slap in the face. And it showed that there was really no interest in trying to govern in a way that brought people together from all across the spectrum. And so at that time, there started to be some articles popping up a lot about parents who were getting together quietly talking to one another in groups like it was some sort of underground movement in East Germany, where they were talking about the concerns about what was being done in schools. And we thought there really needs to be an organization out there that's just going to go and just tell, I think, the vast majority of normal parents, it's okay to be against this. It's okay to speak out and just go and just wage that fight. And so the focus was really not so much on trying to diagnose the problem, but what are we going to do about it? If there's a school board in Indiana, for example, and they're pushing this stuff, what can be done? What can be done right now? And that's really kind of where it came from. And that's why the organization was launched back in March. So part of the thing that fascinates me about this is that you do now have, I think, partially because they went to teaching virtually and all of a sudden parents were seeing what their children were being taught, and in many cases were horrified. And you have a pretty substantial now parents' movement. When parents who listen to us today want to get involved, are there places they can go to learn how to run for school board or to learn how to be effective? Yes. One of the things that I did with you back in 2009, 2010 was we sort of did a lot of work within what was then the very beginnings of the Tea Party movement. There's a lot of parallels, I think, in sort of this 
ground up movement of citizens getting involved and trying to figure out what to do. There's a lot of parallels and there's a lot of sprouting up of different groups that are focusing on different things. That's not been a huge focus of ours, at least not yet. The Leadership Institute is one organization that's been around for a while. A lot of their focus, I think, has been on training. I've seen some materials from them, so that could be one place to check out. One person that we're very proud who's agreed to join our board of advisors is a woman named Hannah Smith. She ran South Lake, Texas for the school board there. And some of the listeners may remember a couple months back when there was like a huge 70-30, not even close election for the school board there, that really the focus was against critical race theory. And so one of the things that we're going to hope to do with her is to try to take kind of these best practices that she learned and help get them around all over the country for people that might be interested in running for something like that. Well, one of the things people can do in between elections is get the candidates, including the incumbents, to sign a pledge. And you've been working very hard on the 1776 pledge to save our schools, to give people a tool to evaluate candidates. What is the pledge and how many elected officials or people running for office have signed it? Well, thus far, we probably are soon going to be crossing 200 people signing, and that's all over the place. That's from school board up to governor. There's a handful of people that we've kind of had conversations with, but a lot of these are just coming organically, which is great to see. But the pledge, I'd say it's about half of our kind of focus moving forward. You asked about what we're kind of working on, just so people understand where this fits into this whole thing. Our main goal at the end of the day is to make sure that when voters go into the voting booth, that this is one of the issues at the forefront of their mind. And a lot of that is ensuring that candidates and elected officials that are currently in office care enough to take a very clear position. And it's something to do also for parents who care. Well, what can you do? Well, you can go and get your relevant candidates and elected officials to take a position and sign on. So the pledge is really meant as a way for parents and people who care about this issue to evaluate their relevant officials. And everybody touches education. I mean, it's primarily state and local, but there's even a role for the federal government now and federal office holders because there's going to be a big fight coming up over grant money and the kind of things that it's tied to. And so our goal is to A, have clarity and create accountability and transparency in terms of people that are running for office. And then as an organization, we go in and launch paid campaigns, TV ads, radio, all the usual stuff that you would see to go and try to make sure that the right things happen in these different places. It's a very clear statement of beliefs. Anybody who wants to read it, you can just go to go1776.org slash pledge. It's a pretty basic statement of beliefs that any patriotic American would just nod their heads and agree with. And then it's committing people to four very specific things that they will take concrete steps to do in K through 12 public schools. I'll quickly hit on them, but it's basically that they will take concrete steps to restore honest patriotic education that cultivates a profound love for our country, promotes a curriculum that teaches that all children are created equal, that they have equal moral value under God, our constitution, and the law, that they'll prohibit any curriculum that pits students against one another on the basis of race or sex, and prevent schools from politicizing education by prohibiting any curriculum that requires students to protest and lobby during or after school. That last piece I just want to emphasize because the CRT thing has kind of been the shiny object, but what we call action civics is the other piece of this. 
If you think about CRT as sort of teaching students to hate the country and the values that we were founded upon, Action Civics is really about turning them into social justice warriors. And I think most people would normally think of civics as you know, learning about the founding of the country and our founding documents, the constitution, things like that. This is about having them actually not do that, but instead go and protest on school time and get credit for it. So it's sort of the action piece of it. Governor Nome in South Dakota, she was the first person to sign on. She was then followed up by every Republican candidate running for governor of Virginia. The nominee there is now Glenn Youngkin, and he's been very good on this. It's become a big issue in the race for governor in Kansas where one of the candidates has even been going around the state holding events, getting school board members to sign on publicly and reading it aloud, which is pretty awesome. So it's just sort of something that we're really trying to push because I think that a lot of people don't necessarily know who their school board candidates even are. And a lot of them are nonpartisan. So even if you're, say, a Republican or a Democrat, you go into the voting booth and it doesn't have the party affiliation. So we want to be able to create sort of a dichotomy so that people can say, oh, okay, this is the person who actually loves the country like I do, and this is a person who isn't willing to say that or is saying something very different. So that's the goal of the pledge. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You had mentioned Glenn Youngkin, who is the Republican nominee in Virginia, who has taken the pledge and actually has made the whole issue of racist education a significant theme of his campaign, partially because Loudoun County has become such a hot point about this debate. Do you have any idea what Terry McAuliffe's position is, the Democratic former governor who's running? Yes. Terry McAuliffe, his position has been that this is all a conspiracy theory made up by Donald Trump and Glenn Youngkin, that it's not real. So he's been saying that it's just made up. It's a conspiracy theory. It's not real. But for example, Virginia's Loudoun County Public Schools paid $34,000 for 55 hours of critical race theory coaching in 2020. A little hard to argue that that's not a fact. Well, they've actually paid for a study to be done. I'm blanking on the name of the company that they paid, but it was actually about a half a million dollars. This is what they do. And that's frankly why we don't have the words critical race theory in our pledge, because the left likes to play these semantic games where unless a teacher is given a curriculum that says, here's the lesson plan for critical race theory on Friday, August 6th, unless it says that, they'll say, oh, it's not real. But the fact is that the underlying stuff is real, or they'll say, oh, it's just something that's taught in colleges. It's just not true. They're trying to embed this stuff within every aspect of the curriculum. This whole notion that they're just trying to teach about racism and slavery, it's just not the case. Even the former superintendent of the Loudoun County Public Schools put out a statement and said, you know, we're not specifically teaching critical race theory, but we're teaching things that I don't know the exact quote, but he basically says all the principles of critical race theory. Yes, we are teaching that. And so what we did as an organization is we pushed out text messages to about 155,000 independent voters in Loudoun County, Northern Virginia area. And because we had just done an interview with a number of the very outspoken parents in Loudoun County, and we did about a 10 minute video of just them talking about their experiences and what happened. And so we put out a text that said, Terry McAuliffe says that this is not real, but we thought you should hear directly from these parents. And then people got to watch it. And what we're trying to do is show that to say that this is not real is ridiculous. I would think if you were one of the parents, you'd get sort of angry at the idea that the thing you've actually seen being done to your child, that somehow you didn't see it. The other side of it is, the left clearly is dug in. I mean, the National Education Association has taken a position of fighting against anybody who is opposed to a racist course. In my mind, I think the whole course is essentially racism. And in fact, the NEA adopted, I think, a $50,000 measure to research the organizations attacking racists, doing anti-racist work. Now, their idea of anti-racist is racist. It essentially teaches young people you know, that if you're white, you're inferior, and you should feel guilty, and that everything should be measured by skin color. It strikes me, it's amazing that it is the exact opposite of what Reverend Martin Luther King sought in his famous speech at the Lincoln Memorial when he said that he looked forward to a time when his children would be measured by the content of their character, 
not the color of their skin. And the left has come back and basically said, we don't care about your character. We just want to know what your skin color is. And I'm watching it across the country in Fairfax County, Virginia, where they have destroyed what was one of the best high schools in America because they have eliminated performance as a criteria for getting in. It wasn't actually that it was yielding too many whites. It was yielding too many Asian Americans. And so, you know, from the standpoint of the left, that's not an acceptable outcome, which is all measured by skin color. It's literally a reversion to a kind of racism that I thought we'd spent the last half century trying to get away from. Christine Ohm was the first governor to sign the pledge, but it's really gone further than that. I mean, Texas Governor Greg Abbott actually signed the House bill in Texas, which outlaws the teaching of critical race theory in the state of Texas. Is that a model bill for the country? A hundred percent it is. And the one thing I would also say about what he signed into law in Texas in regards to our pledge, it was not just focused on critical race theory, but it was also focused on action civics. And that's why I definitely think that it is a model for the country. We submitted a public letter calling on him to sign it and talked about why we thought it was the right thing to do. And it definitely is. But what I would just say, though, in regards to these laws, because we just finished up a months-long campaign in New Hampshire in support of a bill there that's now signed into law. These are huge victories, but it does not mean that the work is done, not even by a long shot. For anybody listening out there, let's celebrate the notion of getting these laws passed. But this needs to really be something that the focus remain all the way down to the school board level. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Well, if I remember correctly, Adam, and correct me if I got it wrong, but there was one state where something like 5,000 teachers signed a letter saying they wouldn't obey the law, that they were going to teach racism no matter what the law said. Oh, definitely. I mean, it just shows you how deep the rot, I think, is all across the country. And it should be a reminder to people on our side who believe in the country and believe in our values that there is a group of people out there that is extremely committed to this. And just because we pass a law doesn't necessarily mean at all that the battle is over. But the good news, I think, is that there are a lot of teachers out there who are on our side, who are disturbed by what's going on. We just have to give them the moral support out there to let them know that it's okay to speak up, that it's okay for them. But right now, you have some of these teachers unions and things like that who are backing these teachers. So they feel like, If they come out and they say these things and they say they're going to push CRT no matter what, they feel like they have the support to keep going. And it's on us, it's on our side to make sure that teachers who are on the other side of the aisle, who believe in this country and think CRT is insane, that they should feel the support to speak up as well. Because I do think at the end of the day, our numbers will be vastly greater than theirs. And we just need to drown them. There's a teacher that I know of that's going to be pretty outspoken on this who's resigned over this. And she tells me that a lot of the teachers that she knows, they agree with her and they think this stuff is nuts and very, very harmful. And they're very uncomfortable with it. But they're afraid of speaking out because like you said, the teachers unions are all backing this stuff. So for the teachers who are in support of it, I think they probably have no problem saying so because they're not afraid that they're going to lose their jobs which really just goes to show you how deeply this sickness has sort of gotten itself within the institution. It's remarkably like a communist groupthink course, where if you don't think the right thing, you need to apologize in public and confess in public and beg people to forgive you for having had the wrong thoughts. Two examples, just so our listeners will understand that this is not something being made up, as Governor Terry McAuliffe would like you to believe. In Michigan... There's an education advisory council from a bunch of educators for Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who I think probably ranks as the third or fourth worst governor in the country. They produced a report called Social Justice and Anti-Racist Resources, and it had a link to an article that says, quote, everything that happens today is racist, and the only question teachers and students can ask is how much racism was in play. Let me repeat, everything that happens today is racist. This has led, for example, 
to a serious proposal by the Oregon Department of Education to eliminate mathematics on the grounds that mathematics are an example of white Western superiority, and therefore it's wrong to ask for a single answer. As you know, Adam, because you've been in my office, when Clist and I made a movie about John Paul II called Nine Days That Changed the World about his pilgrimage back to Poland after he became Pope, the people of solidarity loved what we were doing so much, the great union which had fought against the Soviets, that they gave me an original wall poster, handmade, that they had used in 1980-81. And it says in Polish, for Poland to remain Poland, two plus two must always equal four. And it goes back both to Orwell's 1984, where the torturer says to the citizen, you know, two plus two equals what I tell you. If I tell you it's five, it's five. If I tell you it's three, it's three. It also goes back to Camus, the great Algerian French author, who said, there are times when a man can be killed for saying two plus two equals four. And so you have this notion, literally in several places, the Oregon Department of Education is the most obvious, but there are several places now where there's a movement to eliminate mathematics because it actually has real answers. And real answers actually could be measured. And the goal of the anti-American left is to cease all measurement, which is why you have, for example, the communist district attorney of San Francisco who gave a speech recently that said, look, if somebody commits robbery, maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they felt anguish. Maybe they had an imbalance from drugs. But I don't think we should rush in to punish them because, after all, it's only property. And he goes on like this about a whole series of things because in their world, nobody's accountable. The other example is in Buffalo, New York, where the school district's, quote, emancipation curriculum told students that, quote, all white people play a part in perpetuating systemic racism. Eventually it was removed because an investigative reporter found it and parents got really angry. But think about this. You're a young kid, you go to school, and you're told all white people play a part in perpetuating systemic racism. Now, if you're white, you feel guilt-ridden, and if you're black, you feel vindicated and hating whites because you've now just been told all of them engage in systemic racism. So now, given all this, somebody listens to you today on our podcast and says, you know, I'd really like to be part of 1776 Action and be part of this fight. What do they do? How can they find you, and how can they be involved with you? Sure. The website 1776action.org. So anyone can go there and sign up to join our efforts. One of the things that we were doing on a very regular basis is just putting out information so people can stay informed, and that's a big piece of it. One of the things that we're building right now, we're building a system so that any parent in America can basically go on and put in where they are. And then you can see all of your relevant officials down to the school board level, not only where they stand on this, but then have the ability to go and lobby them directly to get them to sign on. So that's one of those things that we would love people's help to try to get people on the record. And I would just say, aside from that, keeping an eye on what's going on. And there's so many stories now that you can read online about what's going on in local school boards. Go to your meetings. See what they're talking about. Try to get them to answer questions. Try to get them to take a position. And then just keep in touch with us. Let us know if there's something that's going on that's particularly egregious because we can't really be everywhere. 
That's why we're relying on, I think, activists on the ground to help with the pledge. But we want to be sort of air cover in a way for parents so that when there's something that's going on that's particularly awful, we want to come in as an organization and launch initiatives in those states or in those localities. And so that's what we're, our focus will be. And then very, very soon, we're going to be starting to hold some events around the country to keep the drumbeat going. I want to thank you for your leadership and your courage and your commitment to a very, very important part of the cultural fight that we're in with the anti-Americans to try to make sure that our civilization and our country survive. And I think what you're doing really does matter. I encourage everyone to sign the 1776 Action Citizen Pledge to stop the anti-American indoctrination of our children and grandchildren. Newt's World listeners can go to 1776action.org to visit your website. All of this will be on our show page. I also want to encourage everybody to understand how really serious this is. You cannot have a healthy country that teaches its children to hate the country. And I thought it was very interesting, despite the coverage that one or two athletes got at the Olympics, the overwhelming majority of medal winners at the Olympics who are American said they love America, they are thrilled to represent America, and they thought it was a great honor. Of course, that's not exactly the message that the left-wing media wants to communicate, but I thought it was very heartening. And I think those are the kind of folks who ultimately are going to sign up with 1776 Action. So thank you for joining us today, and we will continue to work with you on this very important concept. Thanks, Nude. I appreciate it. Thank you to my guest, Adam Waldeck. You can get a link to 1776 Action on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Pendley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.